God be with you. So as you just saw, this sermon is called The Sermon That Shad Wrote, and this is probably take gazillion. Um, this has been a hard one to do today, man. Um, if you don't know who Shad is, Shad is a black Canadian hip-hop artist. You might actually remember him best from when he was the host of CBC Radio Q a few years ago. But this is a sermon inspired by something that he said last week. Like a lot of you, over the past few days, um, past two weeks really, um, I've been taking a lot of time to listen to and learn from people of color. I've been trying to do some work in here, but also around me to be a part of the anti-racism movement and do what I can to stand up and speak against um, any form and system of oppression and hate in our world. And something Shad said got me thinking about that stuff. And then I found some stuff in my notes that was connected to it. And then I took a course on racism and that spoke to it. And all those ideas kind of Voltroned into the sermon that you're going to get today. But before we get into the sermon, um, a disclaimer, because I know you all love sermons with disclaimers. And this is a two-part disclaimer. Uh, first, uh, purely my own insecurities. Um, I'm going to be reading this sermon more than I would like to. And so I apologize for not knowing it, for not kind of having it in my body. Um, so I apologize the weird looking up and down. I know it's distracting, but I appreciate it if you would just roll with me, please. Uh, but part two, and most importantly, this is a sermon about a story about a really difficult and hard truth. It's going to be a truth we don't want to hear, a truth that we want to run away but I want to encourage us to hear it because I think it's something we need to hear. And not just because it's a part of our tradition and we should take it seriously, but because according to Jesus, this truth is when we have to embrace if we want to find the life in the world we're looking for. So yeah, heavy, heavy stuff for us today. So we're going to start off with a story we don't want to hear, and we're going to end with a question we don't want to hear. Maybe the hardest question we'll ever have to but let's begin with the story. And so it's a story that's in the Bible. You heard it already. And the gist of the story is that someone comes up to Jesus, they're super rich, and they ask Jesus a question. And it's a question that Jesus probably got all the time. It's a question that any rabbi would be expected to get and to answer. And the question is, how do I enter into the kingdom of God? And long story short, Jesus answers by saying, oh, we'll go and sell everything that you own, Give all that money to the poor and come and follow me. Go and do that, he says, because, as the famous line goes, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And now I know you're like me, where you're like, eh, and I'm out. I don't like this story. I know. Nobody likes this story. It's a really hard and heavy story. And I think it's hard and heavy because we know this story is our story. We know that if we're anybody in the story, we're the rich person. We're the rich person coming up to Jesus asking, how do I enter into the kingdom of God? And so let's remember, what, what do we talk about when we talk about the kingdom of God? Uh, or some other writers of the Gospels call it kingdom of heaven, same thing. Um, when we talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about life after death. We're talking about life before death. When we hear that phrase, what we're talking about is a life here and now that hums with reverence. We're talking about a life connected with God, ourselves, and others. We're talking about a life here and now that's caught up with what God is doing in this world. 
a life that is bent towards creating a world where everyone and everything is connected, where there's harmony and justice and peace amongst all living things. To ask, how do I enter into the kingdom, is to ask, how do I find life that is full, deep, and meaningful? How do I enter into a world that feels like the one that was always meant to be? And it's questions that we've all asked. There are questions about how to be human and alive in this world. There are questions about how to find a life in a world that hums with reverence. And that's what the guy is asking about. He wants to get in on that. So he goes up to Jesus and asks, how do I do it? And what Jesus tells him, what Jesus tells us, is, oh, to get that, go and get rid of your wealth. Yeah. Yeah, go and get rid of your wealth. Yeah, no wonder we don't like this story. No wonder the guy walks away. Go and get rid of your wealth. That's a really bold and really heavy statement to hear from Jesus. Go and get rid of your wealth. Uh, but instead of freaking out and closing the Bible and walking away, instead of trying to rationalize it and spiritualize it and make it into a metaphor, let's do the hard work. Let's choose to get curious Let's choose to get courageous and let's ask the tough questions. What is this story trying to tell us? What is it about wealth that stops us from having the life and world we're here looking for? Why is Jesus coming so hard on wealth? And let's keep in mind what we talk about when we talk about wealth. I think that's important because when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about money. Because there's all kinds of wealth, isn't there? Sure, there's financial wealth, but there's also material wealth. And we can also be wealthy in our health and our knowledge, and certainly, of course, wealthy in our privilege. Wealth is a word that we use to talk about the things we have of value that we have in abundance. And the problem with those things isn't so much with having them as it is with what those things will do. The problem with wealth isn't so much in having it as with what that wealth will do. Because what does wealth do? Certainly wealth provides comfort and security and stability. But let's zoom out a bit. Let's get a bit more critical about our wealth. What does wealth do? Wealth separates. It separates. Wealth will inevitably separate us into two groups into the haves and the have-nots. It separates us up, it splits us up into the homed and the homeless, the fed and the hungry, the clothed and the naked, the rich and the poor, the privileged and the unprivileged. Yeah, wealth separates, right? Wealth creates space between us. It separates us from one another. And the thing Jesus is pointing out here, the problem he sees with wealth, is what happens in that separation is what happens in that space between. He's calling out wealth because that space, that separation, it stops the haves from being able to see and understand the have-nots. It stops us from being able to see and understand people's suffering. It stops us from being able to practice compassion and empathy. It stops us from being able to see and understand what's actually happening it stops us from being able to see and understand the reality the rest of the world lives in. And in that, and this is Shad's point, it stops us, the wealthy, 
It causes us, the wealthy rather, to live a lie. It causes us, the wealthy, to live a lie. It causes us to think that the only reality is our reality. That the only problems are our problems. That the only normal is our normal. That how we see and understand the world is the only way to see and understand the world. Wealth can make us live a lie because that space it creates causes us to have a life and world that's insulated and ignorant of the life and world around us. Wealth can make us live a lie because that space it creates causes us to live a life and world that's insulated from and ignorant of the lives and world around us. And here's why that's a problem for Jesus. Here's why he tells us to go and get rid of our wealth. The life and world we're separated from is exactly where we'll find the very thing we're looking for. The life and world we want is found when we're connected with the lives and worlds around us. Because remember what we're talking about when we talk about kingdom. We're talking about a life here and now that hums with reverence. A life here and now that's connected with what God is doing in this world. A life that's connected with God, us, but also others. A life here and now that's bent towards creating a world where there's peace, justice, and harmony amongst all living things. What things? All living things. That includes the people that we've separated ourselves from. And that life and world doesn't just happen on its own. It's not something that's just given to us. It takes work. It takes movement. That life and world is only found when we move towards the other. It's found when we eliminate that space between us. That life is found when we finally see and understand. It's found when we expose ourselves to the reality of others. It's found by listening to and learning from voices we've never heard before. It's found by letting their reality and their truth shape our own. That's where we find what it means to be human. It's there in the community and the learning and the growth and the transformation that creates. It's there we find the very thing we're looking for. The life and world that can begin to hum with reverence. And that's why Jesus comes down so hard on wealth. That's why he tells the rich man just to go and get rid of it. Because it stops him from having the one thing he's looking for. He'll never find, will never find the life and world we're looking for until we get rid of the one thing that stops us. The one thing that gets in the way. Our wealth. The thing that causes us to be separated from one another. And here's why this matters. Here's why we can't just dismiss this story. And it's not just because we're here looking for that life and world, but as we head into Indigenous Awareness Month, as we get ready to celebrate pride, as we continue to do anti-racism work, it's there, in that movement, in that stepping out, in that posture of listening and learning that we need to cultivate, it's there that Shad says that allyship begins. It's only until we seek to be allies until we seek to do the work of listening and learning from that we can find the life and world God wants us to have. Being allies and finding that life and world are one and the same. It's only when we do the work of movement that we can find the life 
and world we're looking for. So that brings us to the question, the hardest question that we'll ever have to answer. And that question is this. What will you do with your wealth? Knowing your wealth takes you away from the very thing you're looking for. Knowing our wealth stops us from being able to enter into the kingdom of God. What will you do with your wealth? Will you get rid of it and enter into that kingdom and find the very thing you're looking for? Or will you hold on to it and walk away never to find the thing you're looking for? Now, it's a question I can't answer for you. It's a question that we each have to answer for ourselves. And I honestly don't know what that looks like. But it's a question that we have to answer. What will we do with our wealth? Will we put it down or, we will, or will we hold on to it? What will we do with our wealth? So let's rumble with that question this week. Let's lean into that question knowing that is a very, very important question. So as you rumble with that question, what will you do with your wealth? May you struggle well and may grace and peace be with you.